The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 21st chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. After he appeared to his followers in Jerusalem, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, have you no fish, have you? They answered, no. He said to them, cast the net to the right side of the boat and you'll find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now, none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus had appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and to go to wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you to where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the type of death which he would glorify God. After he said this, he said to him, follow me. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. morning. How are you? Good. As always, I've got a question for you. Have you thought about what you want to be when you grow up? 
Yeah, I'm seeing some nods. I'm seeing some not so much. And all that's good, okay? Do you want to share? It's okay if you don't. Yeah. A U.S. Navy pilot. Cool. That's pretty neat. How long have you wanted to do that? Nice. So you're learning about them. Yeah, that's pretty cool. What else? That's all right. You want to be something fun, don't you? Yeah. Does anybody not know what they want to do when they grow up? That's pretty normal. Yeah. I'm seeing hands out here too. Yeah. That's pretty normal. You know, you're going to be all kinds of things when you grow up. You might have a job. I think that's what we think of the first. But there's more than just jobs out there. I want you to think of, well, I want you to think of if you might be a leader in a church when you grow up. I don't only mean a pastor, though I think every single one of you would make a good pastor. But maybe you'll be a Sunday school teacher. Maybe, maybe you'll be someone who plays the organ or the piano. Maybe you'll be an usher. Maybe you'll help make the bulletins. Maybe you'll tend to the flower beds outside. Maybe you won't even be here and you'll be at another church. Maybe you'll do all kinds of different things for the church, not just one. Maybe you'll lead vacation Bible school. Maybe you'll teach people to sing. Maybe you'll be someone who helps the pastor remember to put the water in the font. You could be anything. But in today's story, the first one that we read, we have somebody called a disciple, and his name was Ananias. And that guy was a normal, everyday guy. He wasn't all-powerful. He didn't know everything. He didn't have a clue of what was going on half the time. And he had something else that he did in his life. He didn't exactly work for the church. But he had this big, big job to do. And one day, God said to him, Ananias. And he said, here I am. And from that point on, he had work to do. So this week and every week, I want you to pay attention to if God is asking you to do something. Sometimes God will ask in your heart. And sometimes God will put other people in your life, parents or friends or even neighbors. It might take a long time to understand what God's asking you to do. All of us out here are trying to figure it out too. But if you ever have that feeling, whether it's to be a musician or a Sunday school teacher or someone who reads the lessons or anything else, let's talk about it. Because I think, and I'm pretty sure, that God's got something for you to do in this world and even in this church. Does that make sense? Should we say a prayer? Let us pray. Gracious God, you make us into all kinds of things, good and beautiful things in this world. Sometimes we're Navy pilots. Sometimes we're 
really cool things. Sometimes we don't know what we're becoming. Sometimes we're teachers and musicians and leaders of all kinds. In this church and in this congregation, and no matter where we go in life, keep shaping us into new and beautiful things. Keep shaping us into people who help, people who love, people who forgive. And if you ever have anything you want us to do, call our name. Thank you, God, for knowing us so well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for being here, guys. You can go back to your seats. In the name of Jesus, amen. Ananias has something to do. And Ananias is told by God what he is to do. And it all begins with that really familiar interaction. Ananias, here I am. Now those words, here I am, might sound familiar to you. They've been spoken by so many people throughout our scripture. And Ananias likely could have remembered a few of those people. It was spoken by Abraham when God first called Abraham to be the father of many nations, when he first left his home in Ur and went out wandering. It was spoken to his grandson, Jacob, too. Jacob, who wrestled with God and had his name changed to Israel, the namesake for the whole nation. It was spoken by Samuel the prophet who saw over the first few kings of Israel, who anointed them again and again, but he didn't come from a long, long line of prophets. No, he came from normal everyday being. They were spoken by Isaiah when the people of God were about to go into exile and God had a message for God's people. They were spoken again and again and again throughout the Bible. And so when Ananias says, here I am, maybe he was responding in a way that he was taught. Maybe the people of God at that point had taught one another, you know what? Anytime you hear God saying your name, we know you're supposed to say, here I am. Just say it. See what happens. Maybe he taught himself it. Maybe he saw so many other people in Scripture doing this, and he thought, you know what? I'm hearing this voice. I know I've got to respond this way. Maybe it's the mark of the Holy Spirit. Something that comes out of our lips before we even know what we're saying. As we watch and as we see what's going on in the world, we find our lips before we find understanding saying, here I am. But however Ananias said it, he said it. And here goes Ananias not named before this, and not named a whole lot after this. Here goes Ananias to Saul, still with murderous intent in his heart, who will later be called Paul, the one who writes all those long-winded messages that we read sometimes as the second lesson. We used to trip our lectors up by reading those. Boy, what a difference it makes when somebody in the middle of nowhere 
who's never done anything like this before, says, here I am, Lord. Now, it doesn't take an expert preacher to draw the parallel for our lives, does it? At times, we too will hear something inside our hearts saying, Ben, or saying any one of our names, calling us to something that we don't even understand yet. And how many times in our lives will we hear the calling outside our hearts, calling from someone else in our community, hey, I need some help. Sometimes we'll hear the calling before we understand it. Sometimes we'll hear the calling as we understand it. And sometimes we'll answer callings because of the way we've been taught. We have sat in church Sunday after Sunday for how long being taught to say, here I am. But however we say it, we say it. We say it to those huge moments that we don't realize are going to be huge at the time. And we say it to the small moments too. As we remember from last week, many other signs and wonders were done in the presence of the disciples. Many other things happened in the book of Acts and many other things happened in between the details were given in scripture. These things too cause people to believe. And I'm looking out at people and every single one of you have been active in this congregation or in this church in one way or another, whether you've been here for a couple of days or you've been here your whole lifetime. I'm looking at people that already know how to say, in some words or others, here I am. And so this calling isn't a new one. This calling isn't one that you've not even done before. This calling is one that Samuel would have recognized at the midpoint of his ministry, that Isaiah would have reflected on halfway through the exile. These are words that Ananias would have looked back on long after scales fell from Saul Paul's eyes. You've already said, here I am, quite a few times. Well, that doesn't mean we're done. I know in my own life, and I've heard in yours, that it's not very often God will say, here I am just once in our lives. But again, and again, and again. Now, that doesn't mean every time God says your name, and we respond with, here I am that there's going to be a mountain-changing, life-changing experience. Sometimes we say, here I am, and we read that de devotion for the day, and something sparks in us, and we realize that we've got something good to say to somebody else, something that they needed to hear. Sometimes we're prophets for about five minutes that day. And sometimes... We hear our name and we say, here I am. And we sing just a little bit more strongly in the congregation. And sometimes we say, here I am. And we give time and talent and treasure as a way of building up a community. And sometimes we say, here I am. And we love and we forgive. All kinds of ways God will be using us as we say, here I am. But the common thread in the midst of all of them is the way that God builds up goodness. You see, at the end of this lesson, 
Saul no longer has murderous intent in his heart. And if there's even a chance that the viciousness of this world is decreased by one, each time I say, here I am, I'm going to keep saying it over and over and over. If there's a chance, there's a little more love in the world. Each time we say, here I am, I'm going to keep saying it. If there's a chance, there's more good in the world. Each time we say, here I am, I'm going to keep saying it. So this week, let's listen. Let's listen for the way that the world might be calling our name. Let's listen for the way that God might be calling our name inside our hearts. Let's listen for all the things there is. And there might be many voices or just a few. But in all of it, like Abraham and Jacob, Moses, Samuel and Isaiah, Ananias, and us, let's keep saying, here I am. Here I am for the work of God in the world. Here I am for the work of good. Here I am for love and justice and mercy, forgiveness and grace. Here I am before I even know what's going on. Here we go. Amen.